0: One of the big things for me, at least in my career was that nutrition piece. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, once you figure out that nutrition piece, your legs, as long as you're fairly fit, you know, and you've been doing some running, your legs will take you further than you think they can. Um, and that's the beauty of it. You can never train yourself up to a hundred mile race, but if you figure out that nutrition piece, take care of yourself and learn how to take care of yourself for that long then your legs can get you to the finish line. You know, if you're doing an adequate amount of running or some amount of running. Um, And so that's what I like about the sport. And that's what I, you know, it's like those learning things kind of help you to get to that finish line. And then people figure out that they can do a lot more than they think they can.
1: welcome back to the max out show where today i'm joined by one of my personal heroes pro runner max king max has won world championships in mountain running ultra running and devorio dash and it's an american record holder over 100 kilometers so we'll dive deep today into mental toughness favorite workouts and keeping things fun so max welcome to show thanks max i love the name of the show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've been trying for years. Couldn't find anything better. So at some point, I know both of us can can totally relate to this. Totally um, relate to that. It's
0: awesome. I love it.
1: Yeah. So so what I find really fascinating about you is like you're this lifelong runner, but actually the second part of your career almost never happened with all these crazy wins that you've had. So can you maybe take us back for the start to to two thousand two and share with us this journey of first you know losing a passion after running in college and then regaining that fire again afterwards.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because uh, it just seems like such a long time ago now. I mean, and it was a long time ago, it was almost 20 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so just in college, you know, you're know, you in the NCAA system and all it is is like churn, churn, churn. And you're also like, I was in chemical engineering at Cornell. And so like the, the school part of it was a ton of just mental stress Um, the running is kind of what saved it, but it was also a ton of hard work and stress in its own right. And at the end of that, I just needed to decompress for a while. And I kind of lost that motivation. I was injured my, my senior year. It went great in, in the respect that I, I actually became an all American, which I had never even dreamed of when I first started running at Cornell. Um, and so that was really cool. It was a big culmination to like my four years there. But at the same time, like I was so tired, so beat up, uh, a little bit injured that it really was hard to find that motivation to keep going. And so, you know, what I what I did was I just needed some time off. So I took some time off, which was great. Um, I spent a summer just kind of uh, just, you know, doing a little bit less intense stuff. And then over the next two years or so, kind of gradually got back into some, some just other competitions like some adventure racing. Uh, then I started missing the competitive side to it. So I started to do some off-road triathlons. Um, found out that I couldn't really – I'm not a good swimmer. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was always catching up on the bike and the run <laughs> in those. And so I'm like, ah, you know, I kind of missed the simplicity of running. And so about three years later, I finally got back into that, that running. Um, and found that I really missed the competitive aspect of it. I wanted to get back to cross-country, what I really love, um, and some steeplechase. And so I, you know, those, those two, three years of not doing a lot of intensity allowed all of that hard training I'd done in college to kind of catch up to myself, uh, catch up to my body, I guess, and came back stronger, came back faster, and jumped right into kind of where I left off in college, it was actually pretty amazing and probably even better than what I was in college and, um, and started out and that re-sparked my, my desire to compete against the best in the country like immediately and it was pretty cool and, and I have, I've never looked back since then and I kind of made that pact with myself at that point of like, okay, I can do this but it has always got to be fun for me. And so I've always kept that mantra in there, and you know I just always want to make whatever I'm doing fun. And so I've lived by that rule, and um, we're growing strong to this day. It's still motivating. I still love getting out there every day, and yeah, it's just it's awesome. So.
1: Yeah, you know it's just so cool because because this is like a trend I see in like so many athletes, right? I was I was also running um, D one down in Florida, and pretty much every single one of my former teammates quit running afterwards, right? Um, some of them are slowly getting back into it. But like all of us, I think there is this, because there is, like you said, like this intense pressure, right? Where like you have to come by and studying and like running, right? And there's this this almost like professional aspect to it, right? Where like you have to perform, otherwise like you lose scholarships and all that stuff. And so many people lose that fire. So can you share with us maybe how like you, you manage to still keep this fun? Like is it by like, taking on all these different adventures or like, how do you make sure
0: that to this day then you view running as this fun thing that you just love to do every day? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it is a lot of that of like switching things up for me. I've never been very good at like focusing on like one particular aspect. And, and when I did focus on one thing, when I sent, I spent about a year and a half in Eugene, just focusing on the Olympic trials for in 2008. Um, it, it was, it was the worst performance I've had in a major like championship, Uh, in my career. And it was like, I was just focusing on that one thing for so long that it didn't work for me. And so I figured that out, you know, at that point, obviously. Um, And since then, I've been able to kind of mix things up. And for me, that keeps that, that motivation going. And it keeps it exciting, keeps it fun, because I'm trying new things, always learning something new, uh, always challenging myself with other projects and other things. And that has really kind of kept me going to you know to this day Um, and I think back then you know it's like uh, when I was so focused on that cross-country track mentality in college like that's kind of what burned me out a little bit I was like kind of done then you know it was I don't know exactly what got me back into it I think it was just the gradual realization that I missed competition because I'm naturally a competitive person I like to compete against other people in running um, and sports and stuff. And so I think it was that gradual realization, like, oh, I just, I missed the competition. And then jumping back into it, uh, I realized like, I really hadn't lost any of that fitness. And it was actually probably still building on itself. And I think that just kind of like, you know, accelerated like my path and got me back into uh, kind of the professional, like uh, the higher, higher level competitive running at that point. So
1: yeah, that's interesting. So is it like this competitive drive, would you say that like keeps you, you know, gets you out of bed in the morning? Like, what is it that like sort of keeps
0: that b- a fire burning? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, that's changed over the years a little bit. I think right now, it's definitely like, I still have that competitive burn. I love like competing against other people. But at the same time, like, that's taken a little bit of a backseat to just getting out there and, and having some like cool adventures and stuff and seeing what else is out there. Like, one of the things I love doing now is, is just having like a new adventure, like finding a new location on the map and going there, checking it out and really exploring like uh, like an environment. And that's why, you know, trail running has become so big in my life is just that aspect of, you know, not being in a city, but being out in the wilderness and checking out um, someplace new that I've never been before. And so for right now, like, that's a really big motivation for me uh, to to get out there and keep that running alive. Um, and I think, you know, in the future that may change a little bit too, like I'll move into, um, I, I've, I've been teaching, um, a lot of people like through running camps and stuff like that, or through um, cross country programs here in Bend, um, just teaching them about the sport of running and trying to pass on that knowledge and that motivation and that drive that I've, uh, kind of had over the years and that too is like kind of a reason to to get out there and keep running i mean i know i don't need to keep running in order to do that stuff um but at the same time it kind of drives that passion too
1: yeah and there certainly are some super cool adventures so for all listeners there's you know that's actually how i found you right like through all those you know videos they're posting on social media youtube all that stuff um sir solomon where like you're just going on these epic adventures you're having these races right and it just looks so cool right so like what are some of the, you know, bucket list goals do you still have? Like are there certain, you know, trails
0: you want to run still? Any kind of adventures that you still haven't had yet? For sure. I, I mean, we, have, we live in such a big world. Um, there are so many places that I haven't been to yet um, that I would love to go. I mean, just this summer with all the COVID stuff happening, like I've found, like, I've been going out just locally and finding new places that I've never been, been before within, you know, an hour, two hours of my, my hometown that I've been in for, I think I've been here for 17, 18 years. And I've never been there before. And so that to me is really, really cool is just finding new locations like around me. Um, but also like I've got a ton of areas that i you know, never been before. Um, I was just looking at a map of Newfoundland yesterday. I was like, you know what, like I saw, saw some photo of Newfoundland and I was like, that looks absolutely amazing. I kind of want to go there. it's like, whoever thought of anybody going to Newfoundland for a run? It's like, you know, it just doesn't come across our our radar. And we don't really think about those types of locations, but they're out there. And we can find those locations that nobody's ever been to, but it is absolutely fantastic. It's beautiful. um, And it's a great place to go. And there are a ton of those locations that I still want to do the competitive side of me. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go, go for it. Go for it. Well, the competitive side of me, um, you know, I really have these race goals now that maybe aren't as big. They're not like the big races in the world, but they're more like the local regional races, the smaller races that, um, really like wrap my attention, um, that aren't as competitive, but it's like, I've skipped over them over the past, you know, 15, 20 years, because I've been focusing on the bigger, more competitive races. And so, you know, races like the escarpment race in New York. Um, There's other ones. I I mean, I can't even think of them right now, but they're all over the place, like these little tiny, like, um, non-competitive races that actually are very, very scenic, or they have a long history, like the Dipsy race and stuff like that. So things like that, I want to start doing more of too
1: yeah but i find it so fascinating how like when you're so focused on like the competitive aspect of of the whole running thing you tend to overlook this like vast universe of like what else is out there right in terms of like beautiful trails and other places in terms of like fun races i've seen you do like a donkey race um which was <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely epic
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly it's like things like that just keeping it fun and and doing things that you didn't you didn't even know were out there but you're like oh yeah that i remember that from 10 years ago and it's like I, I really want to do that it looked interesting then so yeah so can you share more about that experience maybe and like like are we gonna see more like <laughs> animal races further on the line uh no that was traumatic um, <laughs> that that was that was rough uh um I mean, there was a cool experience. I look back on it now. as like, you know, I'm glad I did it. That was a really cool experience. I am never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those things of like, you got to try it once because I think it's so interesting. And then there's yeah. some people that just totally get involved with it. And it's like becomes their thing. And it's like uh, that. I mean, that's totally fine. That's really, really cool. Um. So it works for some people. And it didn't, you know, I, it just didn't work for me. I think part of it's that experience of like, I had a really rough experience. If I did it again, I might have a much better experience with it. And that would maybe change my an mind. easier donkey. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit better running donkey. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it was like, it was cool to do once and just to see what it was all about and meet that community. I think when you, when you do these things, these obscure races like a donkey race or Mount marathon or Western States, um, you meet this community that is really fully ingrained in that particular niche of the sport. And those people are really, really interesting. Um, it is really cool to get kind of involved in those different communities, find out what they're about, meet new people, um, meet the people that drive these niches. Um, and I really like that part of it. And that's really, really interesting to me. Uh, so that's, that's definitely a, like a big draw to doing some of these new things. is like meeting that community of people.
1: Yeah, that's so fascinating. There's, there's these two big aspects, right? Like the community aspect and like the nature aspect of a thing of like, especially ultra distance running where like, you just get to know so many amazing people and, you know, nature, beautiful trails and all that. So can you talk to us about like, how is your, relationship to like nature and all that evolved over time like have you gotten closer you know since basically starting all that trail running and stuff
0: yeah uh, absolutely i mean that's a good question i've been like really close to that side of the sport for my entire life i grew up outside uh, in a rural community in southern oregon i used to run around in the forest all the time that's kind of like where my love of like just running in the mountains came from and but we're talking when i was a really little little kid um, second grade through fourth grade. And so, you know, but that, that trail running side of things didn't really fully develop. I was always kind of interested in it. I did a lot of trail running when I was at Cornell because that's, you know, that's where we trained was on trails. So I always loved that aspect of it. I didn't really fully start training and, uh, racing on trails until probably about 2007, 2008, um, after that Olympic trials experience. And at that point, like, I don't know. It kind of became a little bit different for me. It came, became more competitive. I was, I was working on that side of things like the real trail racing aspect of it um, finding sponsors um, doing, you know, doing the professional athlete professional trail running athlete thing. Um, But you know, within the last, like probably five or so years is when I really started to focus on doing a lot of those adventures and stuff. And those adventures are what kind of has fueled my, love of the outdoors um, love of nature and just really kind of trying to connect with different areas and different places and find out as much as i can about it and then teaching people through my running camps about how to navigate uh, being outside trail running that sort of things um, really has kind of uh deepened my uh, my love of like the whole adventure side of things of like navigating out in the wilderness learning how to survive out in the wilderness Um, being safe out there uh, you know what kind of plants animals there are in certain areas things like that Um, and that's really kind of helped do that and then recently so just the other like last week actually um, I took uh, my first hunting trip Um, and I know like hunting is like a very it's a controversial thing right Um, i but doing that really immersing yourself and you can, you can hunt just as well with an iPhone as you can with, um, with some, with a weapon, but taking, taking that time to really, really immerse yourself um, in trying to just kind of immerse yourself in that natural environment was really, really different for me. I've never done it. um, Right. So this is the first time I've ever done this. I went out and we were trying to find an elk and, we found tons of elk. We, um, we didn't end up getting anything, um, which is great because I had the experience. Um, but you know, it's it's tough for me to talk about. It's tough for me to like really kind of get that across to people in the running world of why I'd be doing this. Um, but what I want to touch on is like that experience of being out there. You're listening to all of your senses, your sight, your touch, um, your smell, your hearing, um, to kind of walk around in the woods. And so it was a, an immersive experience in the woods and in the mountains that I've never really had before by just running through it or hiking through it. It was like we were hiking all over the mountains, um, off trail through different areas and stuff and really immersing ourselves in that. And it was really, really interesting to do that. It was a very different experience for me. So.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. So how does that compare to like your usual like training and racing? Like when you're, you know, on these like super long, hour-long races, um, like what does your focus look like? Are you also like trying to really immerse yourself in the moment? Are you like sort of
0: like repeating mantras in your head? Um, it depends for sure, like on what I'm trying to do. A race, like a mantra comes up quite a bit. Training, I'm, tr- I, I'm usually a little more relaxed, but oftentimes you'll, I'll find myself out on a really, um, really, like, a really hard workout, um, where I'll just kind of be trying to immerse myself in that pain and trying to develop that, you know, that pain threshold, basically, of trying to get through a race experience, right? So you're training yourself to to increase your amount of pain and suffering you can experience so you can get through that race. Uh, and so, yeah, it's like, you know, it's mantras or just being inside yourself, really kind of mental focus, like sharp mental focus on – being able to withstand that. Um, and then once you get into a race, it's, you take that, uh, you take that up a notch and you really, really focus on kind of how to get yourself as fast as possible from the start line to the finish line. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I love it. So what does that self-talk look like for you in a race when like you start to feel that pain coming up, like you actively focus on that and like start to feel it or what does it look like?
0: Um, yeah, like, I, I, oh man, this is like, it's one of those hard things to, yeah. to explain. Cause it, you know, when you're experiencing, experiencing it in the moment, it's really difficult to explain. It's like, you don't know what's, what exactly is happening for me. Like I'm inside trying to keep my body going, uh, as fast as I possibly can, um, while kind of monitoring all of my system. So do I feel okay? Do I need anything to eat? Do I need anything to drink? Like, yeah how hard am I going like what's my intensity level at and can I hold this to the finish line Um, where is everybody else in the race in relation to me you know things like that and so I'm going like pretty deep inside and when you um, kind of focus like in in training and practice I never have that laser focus like I would in a race and so that's how I always get a little bit more out of myself in a race environment than I can in a training environment Um, with training, I'm out there to push 90%, um, not 100%. And that's how you get better. That's how you train how you, you know, put your put stress on your body, and then recover afterwards to get better in a race environment. It's 100%. You're really focused on that. And for me, it's just, um, I guess I feel like I've been racing for so long that it's, it's a very natural thing to do. And it's also very different to explain because i've been doing it so long and i don't know how to put that into words um, but i'm always going to get more out of myself in a race environment than i would in a training environment
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense so since you mentioned recovery already i know a couple of days ago you, you talked on instagram about like some of the recovery techniques that you started doing so can you share with us for other athletes you know what are sort of like your favorite ways to recover from you know hard workouts races and all of that
0: yeah so i mean First thing is to make sure you get some calories in, start that recovery process. I mean, <laughs> I love eating. <laughs> I know I love eating after a hard workout. It's like, all right, I got to do something hard. <laughs> now, yes, um now I get to um there's my son. Oh yeah. He's, a- <laughs> he's asking me for food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I do a hard workout. I'm like, yes, now I get to go eat. <laughs> I get to have a milkshake, you know, it's like, um, and I really look forward to that. And so, yeah, it's like the first thing, first things first, you got to recover by getting some calories in you. So um, I'll get some food in me. Um, hopefully it's healthy. It's always good <laughs> if it's healthier. I oftentimes revert to milkshakes, donuts, things like that. <laughs> but I do always make sure that I get the good stuff in before mm-hmm. I get in like a treat like that, too. <laughs> um, but then after that, like, um, so I need things to kind of like reheal um, over the next couple of days after something hard. And so I like rolling, uh, personally, uh, rolling is really important for me to keep my muscles in balance, uh, from keep something from getting too tight. Like right now, I've got this tight calf that I've been rolling for a few days, and it's finally starting to kind of relax and release a little bit. Um, but it's been like, it's really bugging me. And so I just know, like, I need to work on that. And so I'll focus on that for a couple of days, get that working again, and then something else will pop up. It'll be my, my hamstring or something like that. And I'll have to focus on that for a couple of days. And so trying to keep all of those, those muscle systems in balance and working correctly is a big part of it. And so rolling is a big thing. Um, like you saw on Instagram the other day, the percussion uh, therapy is kind of nice, especially like. Probably like pre-workout, I like the percussion therapy to kind of get muscles woken up um, and activated and stuff. And then just doing some like yoga type, um, yoga type exercises to stay activated, I really find helpful. Like I don't, I haven't recently been doing a lot of strength training. A lot of it has to do with COVID and not being able to get into a gym, but I'll do a lot of like uh, self-care strength stuff like yoga, um, some activation exercises, things like that on my own. Um, that I find really helpful to kind of keep all that stuff in balance too.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned an important point here, which is like you're always like at this right to this this edge, right, between like injury and still running well, right? Like like you said, like every couple of days there's another muscle, another ligament that like sort of pops up and starts hurting. So yep. how do you make sure, you know, over, especially over a little, like a long like career like that, that, like you never like really push it like too far over the
0: edge? Yeah, I mean, you, like I don't – Uh, I've been really, really fortunate with injuries. First of all, like I've never had like a really bad injury other than the last two years I've been dealing with plantar fasciitis. Uh, finally that cleared up last December and it's like, okay, now it's go time. Like I feel good. But prior to that, like I had two years of just pain in my feet of like trying to run through it. And it's just like, God, this feels terrible up until that point. Like, you know, I hadn't really had any bad injuries that really took me out of running for too long. I've had some other stuff. I T band, I feel like, you know, if you're a runner and you run long enough, you get everything. Oh, yeah. And so I kind of feel like I've, I had just about everything. Um, but, you know, it's, I never really, I also like one of my flaws I feel like is really uh, committing and really pushing myself over that limit. Um, some people are able to do that. And the time constraints that I have on my life with family, work, kids, all that stuff doesn't quite allow me to really push over that edge where other people can. So I can't get in 160 miles a week. You know, it's just time constraints just don't make that possible. And I think that's a lot of what has saved me from kind of doing that to myself and really burning myself out further. So I'm always kind of riding that line of like, yeah, I'm training almost to my potential, but maybe I'm 90, 95% of what I could actually get out of myself before I really broke down. It's like if I can run 100 miles a week, like I feel like I'm doing pretty good, where I think I could probably handle 120 miles a week. Um, and a little bit over that and I'd break and I break down and really struggle with um, with motivation and, and stuff like that. And so I've always kind of I can kind of ride that line of 90 95% um, because of time constraints in my life. And that helps me to stay healthy, helps me to stay motivated, um, and keep keep working from year to year. So I think that's a big part of it is just not burning yourself out, not going over that edge.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like even having like these time constraints in your life may actually be sort of a benefit because it, it prevents you from from going over the edge, right? Because otherwise, especially in college, I found, and then afterwards when you sort of have all the free time in the world, it's so easy, and I've done this so many times in my life, right, where like you just push yourself over the edge and you can't even like walk straight anymore, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like at times crawling through the kitchen and it's just horrible, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally, yeah, I agree. So yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like having those constraints, having a family, having to take care of your kids, um, maybe, we, you know, keep you, keep you from doing that too, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've always had stuff in there. I mean, even before kids, it was like I was working full time and stuff. And so I've always had that constraint. And, you know, like part of my regret in my running career is that I've never have been able to kind of like have nothing else to do Mm -hmm. except run. Um, And, you know, and I'm like, ah, am I missing something? Am I not quite getting to my potential? But every time I come back to it in, in thinking about it and stuff, I'm always I always come back to the thought of like, no, like. I've done as best I can. I'm really happy with where I'm at. And I've never, never put myself over that edge. Um, and maybe I haven't quite trained my potential, but I do feel like I've raced to my potential. And I'm happy with that. and happy with where, you know, what I've done in, in my career. So
1: yeah, I mean, you think it's totally nuts—just what you've accomplished. You know, the different kinds of racing styles and terrains. Only also that, like, you've you've you know won world championships and national championships, and um, which I think like is a very very rare thing to to find. So that's just absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now, Max, on the show, we always love to celebrate failure as a stepping stone for learning and for growth. So, throughout your career,
0: do you have a favorite failure? Oh man. I have so many failures. (laughs) No, that's the, I mean, the beauty of it is like with success always comes failure. And especially when you're doing like these new, new things, like I'm always trying to like re-challenge myself with something new. And every time it comes with failure, right? (laughs) I mean, every time. So, and that's part of like what keeps me motivated too, are those failures of like, Oh shoot, man, I did not nail that. I have a lot of work to do now. I need to work and learn and figure this out. And so, I think one of my, one of, one of my biggest like moments of failure is probably just jumping straight into the ultra running world. Um, so back in 2008, um, I was training for Olympic trials, Olympic trials went terrible. I was like, so pissed off that I just jumped into my first 50 K my first ultra race the next weekend. (laughs) Um, and it was down in Southern Oregon. I'm like, I'm doing this 50 K here we go off of this was off of steeplechase 3k steeplechase yeah, very different. and so i'm like i am in shape i am doing this 50k i'm gonna crush it and i took off you know like i was running a 10k um and ended up like you know i didn't know what i was doing it was my first like long race like that um at that point i hadn't even done a marathon um i you know hadn't done anything that long except for maybe a few training runs um but I took, I just took off not knowing what the heck I was doing. So didn't know anything about nutrition, pacing myself for an ultra, what I was even getting into with like, in terms of like the elevation gain, things like that. So I flew out that course, it was, I had such a good race until the last seven miles, at which point I bonked because I didn't know I was supposed to eat anything. <laughs> And I basically walked in the last seven miles of that race. And so that kicked off my ultra running career. And I'm like, wow, I have a lot to learn. Um, And continued to have those failures over the next few years in 50 Ks and 50 mile races of where I would just bonk at the end. I was like, I'm doing something wrong, but I'm going to keep doing it until I figure this out. And now I've gotten to the point where, you know, I can, I can more or less nail that 50k nutrition maybe not the race but the nutrition side of things and feel good all the way through it um and it took me several years to be able to do that so it's not like this like you know, overnight thing that you can kind of learn so
1: yeah i bet so you know for people who are starting out in this field in ultra running we talked about this four-day stage race in portugal before what are some of your your tips that you would give to you know people starting out so they don't have to go through
0: those same mistakes <laughs> I think it's important to go through those mistakes and you (laughs) will, even if no matter what knowledge I give you. Um, but one of the big things for me, at least in my career was that nutrition piece. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, once you figure out that nutrition piece, your legs, as long as you're fairly fit, you know, and you've been doing some running, your legs will take you further than you think they can. Um, and that's the beauty of it. You can never train yourself up to a hundred mile race, but if you figure out that nutrition piece, take care of yourself and learn how to take care of yourself for that long, then your legs can get you to the finish line. You know, if you're doing an adequate amount of running or some amount of running. Um, And so that's what I like about the sport. And that's what I, you know, it's like those learning things kind of help you to get to that finish line. And then people figure out that they can do a lot more than they think they can.
1: Yeah, I bet. Absolutely love that. Now, before I ask my final question, where can listeners connect with you online, learn more about your trail camps,
0: all of that? Yeah, so my website is MaxKingTRC.com for Max King Trail Running Camp, so that's where our camps are. And then Instagram is probably the best spot uh, to find me. It's Max King O-R, Uh OR standing for Oregon, really. but Max King OR on Instagram, um, and then I'm on Facebook as well, but Instagram's probably the best spot, so Awesome. So what does it mean for you to max out your life? Oh, I feel like I am. I am getting close to maxing out my life. I am now over 40, still running and feeling good doing it. And so I really feel like I have done the best that I possibly can at maxing out my life by, you know, just getting out there each day, trying new things like not, you know, not letting anything hold me back and always doing what I want to do. So, Absolutely love that. Max, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, Max. It was a pleasure being on
1: all right guys that's it for today i really hope you enjoyed this episode i hope you gained some valuable ideas tips tools tricks mindsets belief systems that'll hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level at the end of the day guys it's all about application the only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained and so i really want to challenge you at this point to you know not just listen to this passively to not just consume this you know passively just thinking about other things but to really take those lessons take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your life to really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life now guys at this point i want to ask you for a huge favor if you enjoyed this episode please consider heading over to itunes and leaving a review as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, a friend, a loved one maybe, that you think could benefit from this content, please consider you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them, as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now, guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see tomorrow.